So if you opened up your Bibles, you could open them to the book of James. And we're going to look at chapter 3 and, and a few verses there. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. But if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man or a mature man, and able also to bridle or to control the whole body. If you can control your body with words, you can control your mind with words. Yes. Amen. The NIV says that this way we stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Verse 3 says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and turn, we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned with a ver about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor or the captain turns. So we see and understand here that the tongue, your speaker, the God-given right to speak faith-filled words is the steering wheel of your life. Your tongue to your life is what your steering wheel is to your car. Amen. So if you don't like the direction your life is going in, it'd be a good idea to change what you believe in. To change what you're thinking on and to change what you're speaking. Amen. We all want to go the right way. But uh, we can't go our own way. And we can't live out of here. We've got to live out of the abundance of the heart. And then the mouth will begin to speak. So God's given us a choice. He said in Deuteronomy, he says, I called to heaven. I called a record this day against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he tells us to choose life. And as we choose life, not only will it be life to our life, but it will also be life to our seed. You being a man or a woman of faith not only has great benefits and advantages for your life, but the people around you. We've seen it in our family. We've seen it in our life. We brought our boys up on the word of faith. We brought our boys up on the word of God. And today, they're serving God with all of their heart. They're serving God with all of their might. We have one down there in Branson, Missouri, that he is a word man. Amen. He is a man of the word. And he knows how to turn situations around. And he knows how to move mountains. So, you see, when you choose the right words, when you choose to live in the blessing of God, it has an impact around people in your family. Amen? So we choose life and we choose the blessing by speaking words of life. Now look with me in Proverbs chapter 18 and notice with me in verse 21. Proverbs the 18th chapter, the 21st verse says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What does that mean? That means what we say matters. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I want to encourage you tonight to be speaking words of life over your body. Speaking words of life over your mind. Speaking words of life over your finances. For if you will change your words, you can change your life. If you will change your words, you can change your world. Think about it. 
Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The entire universe was framed by the word of God. And God has put on the inside of us the ability, the DNA if you will. He has made us speaking spirits. And he's designed us with creative power to frame the very kind of world that we want to live in. What kind of world do you want to live in? You can frame it with your faith-filled words. I want to live in a world of joy. Therefore, I'm going to declare that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I want to live in a world of abundance. Therefore, I declare, I delight myself in the Lord and He gives me the desires of my heart. What kind of world do you want? Call it like you want it. Call it like you want it. Call it like you desire. I want to live in a world, glory to God, of victory. And so what do we say? I'm on the victory side. What side are you on? I'm on the victory side. I'm living in the victory. Like Pastor Tom had such a great anointing on Sunday morning when he said V-I-C-T and then you pause. O-R-Y. Victory. Hallelujah. Amen. We're living on the victory side. Glory. So whatever kind of world you desire and what you want, you'll find God's word designs it for you. He is the architect of it. All you've got to do is align yourself what he says and just open your mouth wide and let him put on a grand performance of it in your life. Glory, glory. What an amazing gift. To be able to speak words of faith. To be able to speak words of life. Faith always says the answer. Faith does not meditate on the problem. Faith does not talk about the problem. Faith talks the answer. And you find the answer in God's word. You see, real faith in God simply says about oneself what the word of God says. Say with me, we have... What the Word of God says we have. We are what the Word of God says we are. And we can do what the Word of God says we can do. So just think about it. Jesus is your high priest. Seated at the right hand of the Father. He is the apostle, which means a sent one. He is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. What does that mean? He has given us His Word into this earth. We are to take it and believe it and speak it. And as the apostle and high priest of our confession, He's sent before the throne of God to see to it that you have what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we have the God-given privilege of acknowledging, affirming, appropriating, confessing, and laying claim to the riches of God's Word with words. Dad Hagen said this, your faith will never ever rise above your confession. The door to the supernatural swings on two hinges, believing and speaking. Say it with me, believing and speaking. I believed, therefore have I spoken. That's the door to the supernatural. That's how you got out of darkness into the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm going to have a pull of water here. H2O, it's good for a body. And it's good for a preacher's voice. 
Believe in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Jesus Christ is Lord. And you will be saved. Believe in your heart. And say with your mouth. That Jesus is my healer. And you will be healed. Believe in your heart. And say with your mouth. That Jesus is my financier. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who is more than enough. And I can have what I say. Believe it. Find it in God's word. And dare to believe it. Dare to believe it. And act on it. Did you know that the number one action of your faith is speaking faith-filled words? It absolutely is. When you're believing God's word and you're speaking God's word, you are giving action to your faith. Speaking is an act. It's an act. That's why... People who say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, good. You believe, 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 believe what? <laughs> you see, to get saved, you've got to believe and say. Yeah. Everyone shout it with me. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ is, Lord. is Lord. So Christianity then is called the great confession. It's the great confession. And I want us to take a look at some things. Brenda and I were talking recently. And uh, I want to I just talk just for a few moments tonight about great confessions. Christianity is called the great confession. But I want to talk to you tonight about great confessions that you can hold fast to. Great confessions that should be a part of your life on a consistent basis. One of the confessions that Brenda told me was found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. So let's look at that in the Amplified Version. Get this in your heart. Believe it. Say it. There's nothing that will be withheld from you. There's nothing too big for our God. There's no job that you'll ever get that you can't do. If God got you the job, you can do the job. Notice this with me. These are great confessions to hold fast to. I have strength. You could shout about that right there. I have strength. What do you have strength for, Pastor? I have strength for all things in Christ. Not in me. Not in Tony. Not in Hassan. Not in Rose. But we have strength for all things in Christ. Do you know that you've been in Christed? Do you know that you've been twinned with Jesus? He that is joined to the Lord has become one spirit. Woo! Glory to God. All that he is, all that he has moved into you when you declare Jesus is Lord. I've got strength. I don't know whether I can make it or not. No, you have strength. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. Amen. He's empowering you. He's empowering me. Then he goes on to say, I'm ready for anything. And I'm equal to anything through Christ. <laughs> Woo! Through Christ. Who does what, Pastor? Who infuses inner strength into me. Oh, hallelujah. We need to get this in our heart and get it in our mouth. Say it with me. I have strength. I have strength. He's infusing his strength into me right now. 
Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. If you need an infusion tonight, get your believer and your speaker together. And let him empower you. Let him strengthen you. Equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Say the rest of it with me. I am self-sufficient. Oh, glory. That's a great confession. That's a great confession to hold fast to. Hold fast to it. Say it when you don't feel it. Say it when you can't see it. Say it. Hallelujah. In spite of what is going on around you. Amen. Here's another great one. It's in the same neighborhood. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2. And notice with me in verse 13. Philippians the second chapter. And notice with me in 13th verse in the Amplified. It says, not in our own strength. Not in our own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually, he's working in me. Now, if he's living in you, he ought to be working in you. And if you want him to get who is living in you to work in you, start talking about it. Start declaring it. Believe it. Speak it. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in me. What's he doing? He is energizing and he is creating me the power and desire both to will to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Woo, glory to God. I can remember when my youngest son James was going through a real battle of major depression. And he didn't feel a thing. But I was his life coach. I was his faith coach. He'd get up in there in the bed with me and we'd confess the word of God. And he'd look at me and he said, will I ever be any better? I said, you bet you'll be better. Will I ever be any stronger? You better believe you're going to be stronger. I said, it's time to go work out. I don't feel like it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get her done, boy. We're going to go work out now. And he said, you know what? This verse came alive in my heart. He says, because I don't feel like it, but I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. And this is my confession. He's working in me. And he's bringing his energy into my spirit, into my soul, into my body. And he's putting on the inside of me the power of God and the desire to do his work and to live for him with everything I've got. Amen. See, that's Christ who empowers you. He strengthens you. It's not every time that I get behind the pulpit that I feel like preaching like I feel like preaching tonight. I'll just be honest with you. But I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I know that my Redeemer has anointed me. And I know that I'm not relying on my own strength or my own ability. I'm relying on the power of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me, creating in me to will to do His work for the kingdom of God. You've got to remember that in your service for the Lord. If you've got a post, you cannot afford to coast. You cannot just go, you cannot just afford to go through the motions. 
I'm telling you, God wants His people to serve them with fervor and with gladness and with great strength. I don't know whether I'm helping you or not, but I'm preaching myself happy. Hallelujah! And here's another one. I don't know the exact verse, but P.T. will know it. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 2, in verse 17. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm quick, and I'm bright, and I'm sharp. He has made you of a quick understanding. Don't ever talk about how forgetful you are. Say with me, I have a sound mind. And I have the mind of Christ. Did I get the verse right or wrong? 2.16. Right? Is that right, Raul? 1 Corinthians 2.16. Great confessions to hold fast to. For new who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But what do we have? We have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And the wisdom of God is formed within me. Say it with me. I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. And the wisdom of God is formed within me. Hallelujah. What's a great confession that you hold fast to? Anybody give me a verse? 2 Timothy 1.7. Let's look over there. 2 Timothy 1.7. Great confessions to hold fast to. Let's say this is a great one. Because fear hounds everybody. Fear is no respecter of persons. But thank God we've got faith that overcomes every fear-filled thought. Let's read it together. Let's say it together. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. you got a sound mind. Great confessions. Great confessions. Can you think of a time where the enemy, it appeared to like he had you down for the nine count? You know, in boxing they have the ten count. Can you think of a test or a trial that you went through and God just dropped a rhema word in your spirit. Who's got the verse? What's the verse? Romans 8.28 Psalms 124 Oh, let's look at that one. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. These are great confessions to hold fast to. In 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, in the 18th verse says, While we look not, where? If you're not going to look at those things that are, are seen, you're going to have to be extremely disciplined. Because what you see with these eyes, what you feel with this body will just absolutely hound you. But if you're going to believe God's Word 
and say God's word and act on God's word, he will give you the ability to look not at the things which are seen. Now why? But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, guess what? They've got an expiration date. You, you may open your refrigerator and you see the expiration date for your milk was August 1st. I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> it has an expiration. Yeah. What you're going through right now, the Bible calls a light affliction. Light affliction. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, compared to the weight of glory that we're going to experience when we get to heaven. Yeah. And so this is why he says... We look at the things which are not seen because the things which are seen are temporary or they're subject to change. Subject to change. Why are they subject to change? Because I'm not going to look at them. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to rehearse them. I'm not going to tell everybody about what I'm going through. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to stand on God's Word. Because I know as I stand, sooner or later, it's going to change. It's got an expiration date. For the things which are seen are subject to change. But oh, thank God, the things which are not seen, they're eternal. God's Word can never, ever be changed. Here's some confessions to hold fast to say them with me I am rich, I am rich through, Jesus Christ. through Jesus Christ I am complete in Him I am His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works I am a son of God I am an heir of God and I am a joint heir with Jesus I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm walking in and I'm living in Abraham's blessing. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth fruit in the right season. My life, my leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever I do, Whatsoever I do, whatsoever I do, it's going to prosper. Whatever I put my hand to, prospers. Because the greater one's gone before me. Woo, hallelujah. I'm bold as a lion. And I am free from fear. Amen. 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 Look at Romans, the eighth chapter. Here's another great confession to hold fast to. To hold fast to. Believe it. Speak it. Remind yourself of it every day. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says this. For as many as are led by what? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. And the word sons there in that verse means mature sons of God. 
you're showing maturity and you're showing great spiritual growth when you lean on, you trust in, and you acknowledge Him in all your ways. In other words, if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, we've got to believe we are. And we must say we are on a continual basis. In other words, if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, we do not want to exclude Him in our decision. We want to include Him. Amen? So say this with me. I'm led by the Spirit of the living God every day in my life. I'm operating in, I'm functioning in the wisdom of God. I'm always in the right place. I'm always in the right place at the right one, doing the right things with the right people. What if you said that and believed that? You would have what you say. You would always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. That in and of itself will keep you out of a whole lot of trouble. Amen. That's a whole lot better than say, well, you just don't know where the Lord might lead you. You just don't know what the Lord will do. You know, someday he might be in a bad mood and lead you to a place where it would hurt you. No, he's not out to hurt you. He's out to help you. And he's put the helper on the inside of you. Ha, ha, ha. Right place. Right time. You and I are not here by accident. We are not accidents wandering around in this life aimlessly, hopelessly, despondently. No, we serve a rich God. We serve the God of hope. We serve a God who has placed us strategically in a place like this. We are in the kingdom of God. And we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You've got to believe that, folks. You know, folks that are just kind of wondering, well, what's my purpose? And, you know, what's my identity? Why am I here? And, well, all that stuff. They're, they're about to lose their mind trying to figure it out. Why not just look to the Word of God and say, thank God I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm doing the right thing with the right people. Now, sometimes there's some wrong people in our lives. And what do we do about that? Sometimes, dear folks, you've got to let them off the bus. You've got to let them off the bus. You know, if you're a, a business owner or... You know, a, a person that, that has several employees working with you and, and for you. And if some of those employees are not right, if some of those employers are the wrong kind of people, you do yourself and you do your corporation and your business a great injustice letting them stay on the bus. We've got to let people off the bus sometime. Amen? Just love them. Fare thee well. God bless you. There's an Uber car right over there. But, 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 but this vehicle, this bus, 
knows where it's going. And this bus is heading for some wealthy places. You cannot afford strife on the bus. And you can't afford people trying to give you their opinion on what they think you ought to do and where you ought to be going when you already know where you're going and what you ought to be doing. Amen. <laughs> anyway, it's good preaching anyway. Praise the Lord. I feel that way as a pastor sometimes, you know. Sometimes you just got to let people off the bus. You know, we love you, but, you know, say la vie. Time, time, to, time to go bye-bye. You don't need that. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Great confessions. Here's another one. Are you ready for a few more? Look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 28. Notice this verse. Man, this is good. And I do want to look at it in the amplified version. Proverbs 12, 28. Life is in the way of righteousness. Those that are in right standing with God, what is in your way? Life is in my way. And in its pathway, there is no death, but immortality, perpetual and eternal life. I say it like this. In my pathway is life and there is no death. Say that with me. In my pathway, there is life and there is no death. Great confession. Yeah. Anybody have one they want to read? Yeah, Romans 8.31. Yeah, read that one. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. That one. I say that quite a bit. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, let's get back to the message. Look with me at Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's looking out for you. God's looking out for us. In 2 Corinthians 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord, they're running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Today's Living Bible says it this way, For the eyes of the Lord search back and forth. Searching back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him so that he can show his great power in helping them. Mm. In other words, he's looking for us to return what he sent to us. He sent his word to us and he's looking for a person who will believe it and return his word to him. He's just looking for people that'll believe it and speak it and act on it. He's, he's watching the whole activity of the earth, looking for people and places like Heart of the Bay where he can put on a grand performance. Why do you think, for heaven's sake, that Brenda and I have stayed in this place for 37 years? 
We have not stayed here for a paycheck. We have not stayed here because we have a career. We have stayed here because we believe to see greater goodness and greater glory in the San Francisco Bay Area. We're not going to back down. We're not going to compromise. We are going to shout it from the housetops that He is the healer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is the miracle worker. And great signs and wonders follow the preaching of His Word. He's showing and looking for a people and a place that He can put on a grand performance. I'm looking at a bunch of you tonight. He's done some great things. He has done, he's done some great things, man. I mean, in the area of healing of people's bodies, in the area of finance, he has done some awesome things. But you know, the truth is, he ain't finished. He's not done. Why is that? Because he always saves the best for the last. I believe that our latter years here at Heart of the Bay are going to be 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, 50 times better than our former days. Don't ever buy in to the old age stuff. Well, I'm just getting older and, you know, all that's Now, God ain't done with you yet. Moses got started when he was how old? He was 80 years old. Think about Caleb. Think about Joshua. They said, give me this mountain. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says this. Then said the Lord to me, this is the Amplified. You have seen well. For I am alert. He is alert. He knows your situation. I am alert and active watching over my what? He's not watching over your test to perform it. He's not watching over your crisis that you're going through to perform it. He's watching over his word in the midst of your crisis to perform it. Amen. I mean, we can cry all we want. We can boohoo all we want. We can complain all we want. We can get sympathy all we want. But sympathy does not move God. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Don't misunderstand me. But he's not moved by them. If he was moved by every person that had an infirmity, he would be violating the way that he operates and the way that he functions in the earth. He is a God of faith. And without, him, without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please him. We don't minimize the crisis. We don't look down on people or even ourselves when we're feeling down. But it is our faith in God that will take us from a crisis to a place of victory. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He says, I'm alert and I'm active. 
And I'm watching over my word to perform it. Amen? So God, God wants to perform His word in our lives. But in order to do so, He needs His word to be in our mouths. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying give voice to God's word on earth so He can perform it. Ephesians 3.20, you all know this verse, let's look at it. Ephesians, the third chapter and the 20th verse. It says, now unto him that is able. Is our God able? He's able. He's willing. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But he does the exceeding he does the abundant in our lives according to or in direct proportion to the power of faith that you have working in your life. Yes. Let your faith work. Believe. Speak. Stand. Praise. And let God put on a grand performance in your life. I like what one writer said. He said this. He said, the manifestation of God's word in our lives is voice activated. How many of you have a smartphone? A smartphone's better than a dumb phone, right? All of the smartphones, all of the apps are voice activated. I'll just press a button on my phone and I'll say, Siri, call Brenda. Calling Brenda. You see, what is that app doing? That app is watching over my words to perform them. In the same manner, the Lord's watching over His Word to perform it. So why not activate it? Why not lift up our voice, even tonight? And then watch as He puts on a well-timed, customized, God-ordained grand performance in our life. One writer said it this way, your voice is your address in the realm of the Spirit. And faith is voice activated. Amen? Amen. Do you believe what I preach tonight? How many of you do? How many of you don't believe what I preach tonight? Raise your hand. Let's all stand up. (laughs) Hallelujah.